You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. My heart's about to break. I'm a burned-out case. Cataracts blind me to God and good. Old friends avoid me like the plague. I'm on the edge of losing it. The pain in my gut keeps burning. I give out good and get back evil. I wonder, will I ever make it? Arrive and drink in God's presence? I'm on a diet of tears. Tears for breakfast, tears for supper, all day long. Grief is not tame. Oppression is worse than death. And here I am, a nothing, an earthworm, something to step on to squash. Urchins poke fun and call me names. I am a joke among the godless, a cheap joke among the rabble. Every day I'm up against it, my nose rubbed in my shame. Gossip and ridicule fill the air, people out to get me in the crowd. I've cried my eyes out. I feel hollow inside. My life leaks away, groan by groan. My years fade out in size. My troubles have worn me out, turned my bones to powder. Oppression is worse than death. Sin is the single most destructive problem for mankind. I'm in deep trouble again. The cuts in my flesh stink and grow maggots because I've lived so badly. And now I'm flat on my face. Feeling sorry for myself morning to night. All my insides are on fire. My body's a wreck. I'm on my last legs. I've had it. My life is a vomit of groans. My bones are brittle as dry sticks because of my sin. I'm swamped by my bad behavior collapsed under gunny sacks of guilt. Sin is the single most destructive problem for mankind. These excerpts from the book of Psalms and the message translation, yes, this is scripture, vividly express the writer's heart cries of emotion. The wording, the images that these thoughts, these poems, if you will, invoke, should stir us. It gives us valuable insight to what the psalmists must have been feeling, what they were going through, the grief that they were having to wrestle with, the weight of oppression that was crushing them, the consequences that they were enduring because of the choices they made. These excerpts or portions of their laments were to God. Over the coming weeks, we'll be talking about this. We'll be journeying through the biblical process of lament. This morning, our goal is that we would gain more knowledge and understanding of biblical lament, what it is, the purpose of it, what we should lament, why we should, those types of things. In the following weeks that I'm up, we're going to have Gary coming up soon and Tony as well. 
but when I'm up, we will continue walking through this process. See, lamenting is not a stopping point. It's not a godly complaint, if you will, and then you stop with that. It's a process. It's a journey with an end goal. An end goal that ultimately points us back to the cross and back to Christ. The goal of our journey through lament is that our faith might increase through it and that our praise for Him will increase as well. Say, well, we're starting in a really downer spot, Matt. How are we going to get there? You'll just have to keep coming. Or listen online if you're traveling. But before continuing, I must make a confession. I prayed for a lot of weeks over what our next series should be about. I asked Tony, I asked Gary, I, they know I've been struggling with this, what I'm supposed to do, what we're supposed to cover. Kurt involved in that discussion as well. And I was researching New Testament books, I was researching a chapter of Psalms like we did Psalm 23 about a year ago. God, what do you want me to do? What is it? And he kept kind of tugging at me I was supposed to do this and I kept avoiding it. <laughs> because I knew there's stuff in my own life that I have not dealt with yet. Hard things that I have just started to touch the surface of grieving. Things lost. Oppression. Sin in my life that I have put on the shelf thinking that that was how I was supposed to handle it so I could help everybody around me. Anybody else do that? I'll deal with that later. I just need to focus on making sure everybody else is okay. I've got to go to work tomorrow. I don't have time to deal with this. So putting it on the shelf, thinking that I'll get with that later and then I never do because I don't want to. But yet, there was nothing that God said you're supposed to do in the sermon series, I could not land on anything else. As hard as I tried. I tried many books, <laughs> many chapters praying through them. God, please let it be something else. So here we are. And because I'm a meanie, you get to do it with me. No, not, that's not why. <laughs> no, you get to do it with me because I know for a fact that each one of us have experienced loss. Each one of us has experienced grief. Each one of us experienced the consequence of sin. Choices we've made, choices others have made. Each one of us has been made fun of or oppressed in one way, form, or another. Or others have. And we just don't know what to do with those feelings. We don't know how to process that. We don't know what we should do in empathizing with them. So here we are. And here we go. And I've actually come to a place about being very excited for this series. Did you know that the book of Psalms is a song book of sorts? It's actually the book that God's people way back when would use as their hymn book. And many of these laments they would actually sing. Did you also know that about one out of every three psalms is a form of lament? That was news to me. 
you might also know that there's actually a whole book dedicated to lamenting called Lamentations. So what is lament? It's not a type of soup or a bean. Okay, lunch is later. We got that out of our systems. It's actually an expression of deep sorrow, of mourning, regret, a gut-wrenching cry, even wailing. It originates within our hearts and our souls, and then it often expresses itself externally. Through our body language, through our words, through our outlook on life, how we see things. Think back to some of the imagery and verbiage that we read at the beginning. My gut is burning. I am avoided like the plague. Tears for breakfast, tears for dinner all day long. My life is leaking away groan by groan. My bones are turning to powder. Laments, heart cries, gut-wrenching sorrow flowing up out of these psalmists. I can relate to some of these definitions of feelings, some of this imagery and verbiage. I imagine some of you can too. And I believe that this quote sums it up well. Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. The honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. See, we can sometimes have that feeling as a believer that I shouldn't actually spend any time thinking about grief or loss or suffering or oppression or sin or those things in these ways because our future is secured and it is. That's true. Praise God it is. But it also doesn't mean that we glaze over the hard parts and we skip over it because they are here for a reason. And as we have talked about in other sermon series and other sermons, nothing's wasted. There is purpose and reason for the pain and for the suffering. God will use it. So, that means that one out of every three psalms is an honest cry of a hurting heart that is wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. These are laments inspired by the Holy Spirit, a part of the everlasting word of God. Beautiful and gracious reminders that we are not alone when we go through hard things. Have you come across these in your own reading, in your own time, and said, yeah, I can relate to that guy right now? We don't know exactly what they were going through in the moment very often, but there's days and moments where we feel like our life is leaking away groan by groan. Even Jesus Christ used laments. John 2.17 and John 13.18 are both examples of that. And then, of course, his most famous when he was on the cross, when he quoted Psalm 22.1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
So lament being an honest cry of a hurting heart, wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness, if that is what we're going to sum it up as, why should we lament? Well, we have much to lament because we live in a fallen world. We're all on the same page on that one, right? A world full of broken relationships, broken promises, death, sin, oppression. Sin being that culprit of the world being fallen. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and it was good. And then as many of you know, some may not, that first man and woman, though living in this good, God-created, designed world, chose to do the one thing that he forbid them to do and eat of the tree and sin, chose to disobey God. And when they did that, sin entered into the world for everyone. And the world is now what is known as fallen. It went from its original designed creative purpose to not have to experience death, to not have to experience oppression, to not have to experience grief, loss, sin even. It went from that place to a place where it is the norm. It is part of everyday life. And because the world has fallen, I believe there is much to lament over. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be something that happens to us specifically. We can lament for others who are oppressed. We can lament for those who think that their only hope is to try to cross a border illegally to get here. What is their life like there? Yes, there should be a legal way to do that. Yes, it should go through the proper channels and all of those things. And then the ones that die along the way, what was it that drove them here? We should lament for that. Regardless of our political views. We should lament for people of different races who experience oppression. If you're not of that race, we've got no room to talk and tell them to get over it because we don't know what it's like. Just saying. But we should lament for the situation that they're in. Pray for them, empathize with them. And of course, our own stuff. So let me suggest three main categories that I believe that we should lament over based off what I have found in Scripture. I believe that pretty much everything will fall under one of these. The first being grief or loss. The second being oppression or injustice. The third being sin. And if you've been tracking, you're like, yeah, I've heard you say that already, Matt. First, grief and loss. Begin because there is death. The world has fallen. There's a clock on each one of us. News flash. <laughs> okay. We have one less breath and another less breath and another less breath left on our lives and those we love. We will personally experience death. We will personally experience the loss of those we love. That is something to lament over. God did not originally create us to have to go through that. And oftentimes it's harder to deal with the loss of somebody we love than our own. There's also 
grief and loss over things that were meant to be. A holy and intimate relationship with God. Walking in the garden with him. Talking with him. Face to face like a friend. Earthly relationships based on true biblical love without pain, suffering, trauma, sin, mucking them up. Work without toil, sweat, and thorns. When you put your culvert in your driveway, it stays. Right, Smith? <laughs> when your neighbor hays his field, it doesn't wash your fence away. Right, James? <laughs> Maybe even when you do the laundry, it stays clean for a while, right, moms? There is loss in other things in life as well that we can experience. The second, oppression and injustice because the world has fallen. Definitely some experience this far more than others. We can be overlooked, looked down on, mistreated because of our gender, our skin color, our balance sheet, even what we believe. The most heinous expressions of this is when image bearers of God, regardless of age, who are killed, enslaved, jailed, and oppressed because of the circumstances that they were born into. I find that so fascinating that we had no say on the color of our skin when we were born, no say who our parents are, and yet we as humans can be so mean and so cruel to somebody else who's different than us because of those factors. That should tear us up. First off, if we find ourselves thinking that they're less than us for those reasons. And it should tear us up that others do that on a daily basis to other people. Then third, sin. And one might say, hey, all of this falls under sin. Yes, we could. There's the sin that we commit as individuals and the consequences that come with it. And then there's the ripple effect of the sin that others commit that affect us. Ripple effects meaning like when you throw the pebble in the water, the ripples go out. And more is affected than just the spot where the rock landed. Okay, so lamenting is a big part of the Psalms. It's an honest cry of that hurting, sorrow-filled heart, wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promises of God. Then there's three main purposes that we should lament over, or categories, loss, oppression, sin. But then what is this purpose of lamenting? I like it when you ask me questions I already know the answer to. Thank you. Keeping our definition in mind, let's look at the goal or purpose of lamenting. And so what I did is I, in my research and my studying, I, I looked at several definitions that were out there. Kind of mixed them all up together and even added my own flavor. So it's, I don't call it whosoever definition you want to of the purpose of lamenting. We're just going to say it's not from me, and, but we're going to use it. To lament is to pray, birthed from a place of pain, in order to increase our faith in and praise of our Lord and Savior. 
Let me say it again. To lament is to pray, birthed from a place of pain in order to increase our faith in and praise of our Lord and Savior. Do you see? Lament is not a stopping point. It is not just the grumbling and complaining that we saw the Israelites do throughout the Old Testament. That's where they stopped. That was their problem. It was not a process and a journey towards an increased faith in God when increasing and praising him. Let's look at Psalm 13 as an example of this. Psalm chapter 13. The first two verses. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Do you hear the honest cry of that hurting heart? That heart wrestling with the pain? Lifting that up to God? Wrestling with the promises of God? How long, Lord, will you forget me? Knowing the promises of God in other places in Scripture, in his life or her life, whoever wrote it? And then verse 3, Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. Continuing his struggle, continuing his limp, but you can see the movement. You see the shifting from just being stuck in that place of sorrow and shifting and then in verse 5, but I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. There's no indication of the language here that he's arrived at that place. He's saying he will. This is happening. This is how I'm feeling. These are my legitimate complaints, Lord. Yet, I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will, future, rejoice in your deliverance. I will, praise, sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. And that's where he tells us he's looking back and remembering God had treated him generously. Resolutely choosing to continue on, continue towards trusting and praising in his Savior and God. It's only appropriate that we talk about why God would allow pain as we are talking about lamenting. Well, one reason is because it's a consequence of sin and brokenness. I mean, we'll just say that right out of the chute. But another important reason this is the part where God doesn't waste anything and he uses it. It's to increase our faith and praise in him. And you could sum it up with one theological word called sanctification here. And then so without doing a sermon within a sermon, or a sermon series even, you could spend a year on this. Let me simplify it with a quote by an author of a book that has been my inspiration one of my inspirations for this series, I highly recommend it. It's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I think I said it right that time, Kurt. Did I? 
He's been reading it as well. Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Vrogop, V-R-O-E-G-O-P. Mark says this about pain. Pain has a way of awakening us to our need for God's help. It shines a spotlight on our powerlessness to control everything. We are never more aware of our frailty than when hardship comes our way. Anybody with me on this this morning? Pain awakening us to our need for God's help. Coming to a place of realizing, I can't do this on my own. God graciously, mercifully bringing us to this place by allowing pain in our lives and then grabbing us in his arms and lifting us up so that as we trust him and believe in him to walk beside us, to carry us, to encourage us and even bringing in other believers along the way. That's why doing this together is so important. Loving each other through this. How do we walk beside other people as they are experiencing these things as well? Scooping us all up together. You see, without pain, I know that I would continue down the road of pride, self-exaltation, which would lead to my eternal destruction in hell. You see, we have to be reminded we need a Savior. And, I'm, and we need to be reminded regularly. <laughs> this isn't a lesson we get after one time. We need to be reminded that we need to choose Christ daily. And it's not about having to get saved every day but it's about a reminder of who we're choosing to follow each day when we get up. Am I going to satisfy the desires of myself? Well, that leads to pain and destruction, as I've proven over and over in my life. Or am I going to choose Christ and to follow Him so that by God's grace and Lord willing, I can at least eliminate that one piece of the lament of my own sin? But then I know that he's there with me every moment of what else I need to lament that comes into my life because I still live in a broken and fallen world. I believe that as we learn to lament, Scripture as we look at how the psalmists have, how they have modeled and showed it, we will experience a new level of grace and healing, a greater understanding of God's amazing and unsearchable love for us. Our faith will grow deeper. Our arms will raise higher in praise. So in these coming weeks, as we explore this further, There'll be different steps that we can take that we will look at and how the psalmist journeyed through lament. A prayer, an addressing God, the complaint, and there is a godly way to complain. 
Yes, and we'll look at that. Which is where we express our grievance, our loss, our oppression. And then there's the request to our heavenly, gracious, merciful, generous Father. And then the expression of, yet I will trust. Yet I will praise. Along the way, remembering that lament is that honest cry of our hurting heart. Wrestling with pain. Wrestling with the promises of God. And that it's a prayer birthed from that place of pain. And it's a process, it's a journey in order to increase our faith and praise in Him. So we have homework every week during this series. And I know I just probably became the most unpopular guy in the room, and that's okay, it's not about that. But there are some things that I truly believe that will help us grow in this area. My family and I are doing this. Um, My wife also wasn't super excited we were doing this series, but on the flip side, she is too. She is excited. It's kind of one of those love-hate things. I don't want to go through it, but I'm excited about it. What's God going to do? The first thing is to pray daily. Pray daily. Yeah, we should do that anyway. But specifically in this, that God will reveal to you what it is that you need to lament. Is it the loss of someone or something? Maybe even your own physical health. Maybe the loss of a career. Maybe the loss of a child. I don't know. But what is it that God would want you to lament during this? And it could be multiple things. If you're like me, you got several you can throw in it. (laughs) But earnestly pray each day. You would have an open heart that the Holy Spirit would counsel you and guide you in this process. The second thing would be that you study the scripture daily that I give you at the end of each sermon. Okay, today it's going to be Psalms 77, or Psalm 77, it's not plural. Today will be Psalm chapter 77. Read it over and over and over. Make notes about what jumps out at you, what the psalmist is saying. I believe David wrote this one. Replace some of the nouns with your own. Replace, personalize it. Put your name in where it says I. Okay, we're not trying to alter God's word by any way, but we're just trying to personalize it. Read through it each day. Make notes about it. And finally, I would, I would ask for you to journal. Buy you a cheap dollar three-ring binder or notebook from Dollar General or wherever and start a separate journal just for this. Journal your prayer. Journal what God's showing you through that scripture. Journal what's coming to mind. What God's revealing to show you because what will happen is later on, In life, you'll go a few years down the road and something else will happen because that's life. You'll look back, pull this back out and be like, wow. How God 
ministered to me during this time, how he walked with me during this time, how he answered prayers during this time, how he helped heal that loss in my heart and that pain in my life. So I know this time I can praise him again. I will remember his generous deeds, as it said at the end of Psalm 13. These are like those Ebenezers we would raise along the way. Ebenezers being the pillar of stones that the Israelites would raise up along their path and their journey as reminders so that when they saw that, they would go, oh, well, here's, here's where God dried up the Jordan so we could cross on dry land as we came into the new land, the promised land that he gave us. Here is where God saved us from one of the ites. And then when your kids see it, your kids go, Dad, what's that? Mom, what's that? You can go, ha. Let me tell you about that. And so maybe there's creative ways you can even have Ebenezer's around your home as well that remind you of this. So pray daily. Study the scripture daily. Journal. Psalm 77. Join me, would you, in lamenting these coming weeks and months? I won't lie to you. It's going to be like some heart surgery. There might be moments where you're like, I just have to cry for like half a day. Guys, it's okay. All right? I'll still think you're a man. I'll still think you're cool. As I know I'm going to end up doing that. But I truly believe with all my heart that there'll be a new level of faith in our lives. There'll be a new level of praise, of offerings and sacrifices we can give to our God in honor of his love for us. You see, if you're here this morning and, and you're recognizing the pain and the loss in your life and you've been trying on your own too long and maybe you're at that place where you realize it ain't working, it ain't getting any better. Let me tell you who your hope is. It's not a what, it's a who. It's Jesus Christ. Because he took all that on the cross on his own shoulders, though he didn't deserve any, not even a gram or an ounce of it. He took it and he died. And when he died, the most monumental thing about it is he separated himself from God the Father and the Holy Spirit of which he had known eternal, perfect, intimate relationship with. Bearing that sin and that shame on him so that God literally had to turn his back on his son. Why? Because he humbled himself for God and his glory and so that by doing that, the ultimate act of love we can come to know him. We won't be separated from God. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. It's a humble prayer in your own words. God, 
I blow it. I hurt. I'm lost. I realize this has been against you. Forgive me. God, I need you. It's through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, that I can know you. I can have hope. I can have my eternity set before me as a hope on which this pain will have purpose. Forgive me, God, for running when I think that because it's pain, I blame you. Running from the only one who can give me hope, the only one who can save me, the only one who can give this pain purpose. God, come into my life. Save me. It's that. Or in your own words, it's that simple. Let me close this in prayer. And let me, let me also offer this as well. I'm springing this on um, a couple of you last minute here. I don't think you'll mind. After each one of these services, if you're needing, wanting somebody to pray with you in this process, I want to make that available to you, okay? You can grab me. Uh, if the Fullers are here, I know they would be willing. The Dukes would be willing. Kurt and Kayleen would be willing. I'm sure there's others here that would be willing as well. I know Nancy would if she was in town right now. Uh, the Horners, I believe that they would as well. Grab one of us. We have a prayer room you can step off into. You can find another room or the end of a hallway or the bathroom stall as long as it's, you know, the right bathroom. Let's do this together, y'all. Father God, life is hard. Life is hard. And I love that you know that. Jesus came here, lived here with the same weakness that we have, these physical bodies with the emotions that we have, experiencing loss, experiencing death, experience being made fun of, spit on, experiencing the effects of sin of others onto his life. God, you experienced even the abuse of your child through Jesus. You can relate to us in every way. Thank you. Doing all that for us. For your glory. Father, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, God, I, I know they're already hurting. I know they're already lost. Lord, let them see that clearly. Let them see you as the answer because only you are. That they would choose today that they would serve you and you alone. And while you don't promise a life of ease, you don't promise wealth and health and the perfect job after we choose you, Lord, you do promise to be there with us every step of the way. You do promise our future is secure with you. You do promise a peace and everlasting joy. And so, Lord, if there... For those of us who already know you but have experienced loss and continue to, God, that we would look to you during this time, Lord, that we'd be diligent in our prayers to you, diligent in studying your word during this time, diligent 
and journaling about this, God, and that you would heal and do the surgery that we need in our hearts and our souls, that our faith would be increased. And God, that our eyes and heads and arms and hands would be lifted even higher in praise and adoration of you and who you are and your love for us. Because of Jesus Christ and in his precious and holy name. Amen. New Life, I hope you have a great week. Have a safe holiday and enjoy the sun. <laughs>